records indicate that you have a fondness for Earth. Fondness? I'm surprised your emotionless brain understands the word. It is a word like any other. And so is destruction, which is what we are going to do to that planet. You've tried before. This time we shall succeed. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex Podcast. We talk about Doctor Who, and we're talking about a Doctor Who episode uh, in our series of Best and Worsts, and this is considered, um, for some reason, one of my best episodes. I picked a classic one called Earthshock. My name is Ken. Jeff. Julia. And Earthshock's done by Eric Sayward. Uh, one of the things I mentioned in previous ish episodes <laughs> is... That when Jonathan Turner took over, he, he tried to make the show, you know, there was no more six-parters, no more long serial type. He was trying to make it into more of a <clears throat> condensed show that would be faster paced, not have as much um, drawn-out characterization or people walking down corridors. And I think he did that when he took over. And one of the, one of the better examples, in my opinion, is Earthshock, where it's kind of um, non-stop tense tension and there's not a lot of, you know, downtime. Um, you know, Danny would argue John Nathan Turner deteriorated toward the end of his run and things fell out of control, but this is sort of early on and it's <clears throat> Peter Davison's uh, era with um, some pretty good stories and some pretty good, pretty bad stories too, but... Well, so what's the uh, story about? Um, the Doctor, Adric, Tegan, and Nyssa find themselves in a, an, a cave system caught up in a, a military investigation of the disappearance of a scientific team. Um, and there are two dark figures stalking the, the everybody who's going into the cave. And the Doctor and his companions try to help. But the but the um, the military people think that they're actually the ones who have killed everybody. Typical. Typical. So why did you consider this one of your favorites? Um. When when you look at the story, and I don't think there's, uh, I think there's several episodes that are similar to this: Resurrection of Daleks, Revelation of Daleks, especially Resurrection. Where it and one of the offsites of they're this, all written by the same guy. Well, written by the same guy, and I'm not a huge fan of Eric Sayward, but um, maybe I am because this is. But the episode is given the confines of budget and the fact that this was a lot of film. This there was filming on the location in this a little bit, but it was still in sets, still on cave sets and stuff. I thought the action was pretty to the limit of what they could potentially do. The whole opening episode is just one after the other. They're like, they're in a cave, and the music, the pounding, the boom, boom, boom. And they're like, we lose another soldier, we lose another soldier. They, the soldiers find the dead bodies, then we lose them. And it's not, there's not a lot of jokes. Even the doctor in his situation is, he's having an argument with Adric. And it's realistic. It's, it seems real to me. Um... And there's a lot of tension in it. There's like there's there's it's not a happy story. There's no mm. Mel going. E -he -he. It's it's and there's a pretty big death count. There's not too many people that survive this. No. <laughs> and yeah, the body count is high in this one. 
John Nathan Turner was paranoid about this one. Usually when they do filming inside the studios, people are allowed to come in and watch. But he closed it off because he wanted to keep the cliffhanger of the Cybermen secret. Yeah. Because, you know, it's called Earthshock and because, you know, some of the Cybermen stories have the Cybermen in the title. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to keep it secret. And it was like, that's like one of the best cliffhangers where the android's looking, you see the doctor's face, and then all of a sudden it goes, dun, 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 and there's, there's the Cybermen. Yeah, the only... The, I was bummed because the thumbnail on BritBox is that shot of the Cybermen. Oh, episode. so you so was like, ruined for oh, you. this is a Cyberman episode? So, yeah. See, for us, I think we would have read the, the Doctor magazine, we would have known Earthshock, and there's the picture of the Cybermen, because by the time we watched the episodes... We had already read about it a hundred times, or whatever, so I don't think I watched it thinking, you know, that it wasn't a Cyberman story. I think I knew that. Uh, and then, of course, when the TV guy probably said, "This doctor meets up with a Cyberman," and like, okay, uh, they did that. The TV guy did uh, they would with the Valyard. The Valyard is the doctor. You know, there's a spoiler for you. And <laughs> it's like, wow, I can't believe they did that. You, you know, and that was not in anything that I had read, and and that was it. His Doctor Who magazine was very good at keeping the spoilers away when they were doing that season. You think so? For Trial of the Time Lord? Oh, for that, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't know about that. And that was a big secret, and then um, TV, guy ruined, TV it. guy ruined it. TV Guy never does that. TV Guy sits there and so bland on its... But, anyways, it's off topic. <laughs> no, but anyway, John Nathan Turner was really yeah. kept the wanted to keep the secret of mm -hmm. the Cybermen. A secret, and then people are like, "Why is the set closed?" And even the people that he was close to that would, whatever, to get into, to be able to see it, weren't allowed to see it. So this episode starts off in the middle of everything. You don't know what's going on. They start off with the uh, the woman. Yeah, she's all dirty and everything. And then it's the that the military's talking, and he said, "Okay, let's go. We're going to go to the scene." And you're like, "What scene?" And they're talking. Did I miss an episode? And it's, they slowly reveal the fact that the science group was attacked. Because they got too close to the hatch, or the bomb was in. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, th I liked that. I thought that was effective and a good way to not spoon-feed you the plot. Because mm. I hate... I, that's like one of my biggest complaints with old Doctor Who, is that they just beat you over the head with the plot. And, yeah. and you don't get to try to suss it out on your own you you yeah. have they just lay it all out for you so it makes it boring I think yeah. when it does that but this that was a good beginning for this and, and they did the thing where it's like oh well by the way there's dinosaur fossils in here and how would the dinosaurs die and it's like you, you're thinking at first maybe that's just a throwaway line but then yeah, he goes I always wanted to go back and see yeah, well you will you yeah know, they later call on back to it, well yeah. you know if Adric didn't have the argument <clears throat> with the doctor he probably wouldn't have gotten killed. Yeah. Because he would have known, well, we went back six Well, there's a spoiler. Yeah. Well, if they haven't seen it yet, then too bad. I know. I mean... We'll stop and watch and wait for you to watch the episode. Okay, you're done? Well, if he didn't have the argument, and he knew about the dinosaurs 65 million years ago, when he was up there, he would have known, oh, gone back 65 million years ago and got in the escape pod, probably. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's... Uh, um, they also were talking over one another. 
there's the, the soldiers are talking and you can hear stuff in the background they're like you know who, who directed this it wasn't um mm -mm. harper was it peter grim wade okay so I, I just thought it was really especially that it was realistic there was low lighting in the caves you're not sitting with bright lights looking at the how fake the cave was or how you know and things were in the shadows the costumes weren't brightly lit it was just what a difference between like something like Delta and Horns and Nyman, which just the execution was horrible, whereas this the execution was really good. Um, <clears throat> and um, I thought the tense machine-like music that it's like the, the the even the radar making its noise and stuff like that just added to that t tension and it, oh, the tension with the bomb was pretty good too. Yeah. And the doctor, Peter Davison, does an amazing job with his acting. He's like, um... He had some you know, pretty good lines. I yeah. liked him a lot better in this than I have in previous ones of his that I've watched. I thought he was yeah. less pissy, <laughs> you know, and and more real, more like a, a real person. Like, he was a jerk to Adric. Yeah. And then, and Adric called him out on it, and then, you know, later on he apologized. Yeah. And... That was nice. <laughs> yeah, you don't see much of that before Peter Davison in terms of characters. I mean, William, maybe a little bit in William Hartnell from time to time and Patrick Troughton, but um, they were kind of arrogant and really never really... Yeah. Tom Baker would never apologize or anything like that or be that type of character. It was, but Peter Davison did. Yeah. Um, a lot of gruesome deaths walking in disintegrated people and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Um, more mature themes, which is another reason why I liked it. I just felt that this was more like an action film, like Aliens or something like that, where it, where it you know, felt more, more polished. The Cybermen reveal, obviously, you mentioned. There were some bad laser effects when they were fighting the uh, those robots. They, but know, if you get... Yeah, I know they. Uh, you can redo the. They did redo the. the yeah, I didn't bother. I just wanted to watch it with its original. Effect. I think I did too. Yeah, they look like candy canes. Candy cane. Yeah. It's like okay, that's that's not good. Um, I like the march of the Cybermen. Yep. With cliffhanger for part three, when they just split the screen in, in, in through thirds, and it's like boom, here they go, come out. So this is a redesign of the Cybermen. The last time we had seen them was the last couple times had been the. Um, the invasion type of design or Revenge of the Cybermen, which we did review, which was okay. I'm a big fan of Cybermen. This is one of those episodes that likes, oh wow, this is really good. And you know, they're a little bit different than the old ones. They had a little more emotion. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know. It reminded me of what's his name from The Simpsons. Oh, Mr. Burns. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a thing that uh, David Banks was a uh, cyber leader, and I, you know. I had dinner with him at a convention one time, which was pretty neat. I was like big Cyberman geek or whatever. But this is one of those episodes that sort of, you know, got me into that a little bit and made me a fan of uh, Cyberman. But um, and I like the design. It has the the, the uh, and I wore the costume at a uh, at a, a tour. I walked around as a Cyberman. You know, I don't know if it was. You one can see the mouth moving. Yeah, you could see the mouth moving through the clear plate that's over the. But chin. that was that was by design. It was actually a silver chin. One yeah, it was silver chin. inside. Yeah. But you could see the the person's mouth inside moving, but the. 
it was clear, like the, this plate over the chin yeah. was clear. Mm -hmm. What they did was, for the next episode, they decided they didn't like that, so they ended up painting it. When I got the costume and I wore it at the tour, it was clear, but they, I could see they had painted over it. Because you'd go to the back side of it, and it was a clear piece of plastic. Huh. So that was kind of neat. I wish I had taken a picture of it. But um, but I, I guess they didn't like that. But um, the, I like the idea that you could see human parts within the sermon, because that's what they're made out of. They're made out of human parts. Right. That, uh, to a degree, they sort of did that in the new show. Where well, it reminded me of the, again, of the, of the Torchwood episode. I think it's the first Torchwood episode where Yanto's girlfriend has partially been turned into a Cyberman. Okay. Oh, the Cyberwoman story, yeah. 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 And, and so she's still got oh, a sure. lot of human left to her. Yeah. There's later, <coughs> later episodes where we see half-cyberized people and everything. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Well, we see a little bit of that in the news show, but... Um. The only thing that I missed, and I know you're not as big a fan of the new Cybermen, um, is when they were marching down the hallway, I wanted to hear those oh, metal yeah. boots on the metal floor, you know, like, uh, that... No. I loved that. That terrified me with the new Cybermen. They sounded really intimidating, but instead they're, like, walking around in moon boots, and they just didn't make any noise. Yeah. Well, Even if they'd just been wearing boots, like hard-soled boots, it would have been... So, so I, I have, a, I have a, a statement on that. Um, when I first saw that with the marching clump clump, I was like, what? And, and I, I had a problem with it because that's not how the Simon had been depicted in the past. Uh, and it just was like, okay, it's just kind of silly. But, but oh, I, I got used to it, and I do understand that it did add a level of tension to the Cybermen from that new show. So mm -hmm. I did accept it. The Cybermen, and we've seen Tenth Planet, I think, but I don't think you saw it, but Moonbase, the Cybermen were always depicted as being stealthily creepy. They oh. weren't marching around. In the Moonbase episode especially, they're like in it, but they're like in... Like they grab people from behind, and they're 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 sneaky. They're not just marching in. So it's a different depiction entirely. They're being sneaky about grabbing people and transforming them, or whatever. Especially in, yeah, moon base and the wheel in space and stuff like that. But then I they see. they change so that. So now they're more like an army. Yeah, in Earthshock, that's where you first see the, like the sort of like well invasion. But they weren't. We were going clunk 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 clunk. But in, in sort of in at the evolution was invasion and re revenge, and now Earthshock. They became sort of that army motif, and that's how they ended up being depicted in the new show. Which, un until later episodes with um, Neil Gaiman, I thought they did a pretty good job. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I don't like the marching where it goes clunk 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 clunk. I I I, I got <clears throat> used to it. It was a kind of like what, and that, but after a while, I was like, okay, I, I get it's a different it's type an of intimidation tactic. Yeah. It's, the, it's Nazi. Yeah. It's a Nazi. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's driving a force that you can't, you know, can't stop. Escape. That's a different way of depicting the Cybermen. But I was okay with it. You know. So this was your first time watching it. Obviously, you didn't know what was going to happen. What did you think when you know Adric blew up and he ended up getting killed? I uh, until the very end, I expected him to be rescued. Mm -hmm. I just kept waiting for him to get rescued yeah. somehow. And then, you know, you see him standing there, like, twisting a, a piece of cloth, and I'm like, oh, they're really going to kill this guy, kid off. I mean, I wasn't upset, because I don't have any emotional attachment yeah, to Adric, because yeah. I... Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is only the second 
episode I've seen him in. Mm -hmm. I, and I gotta say, I don't like Tegan. Oh, you don't? No, I do mm -hmm. not. I don't find her... Yeah, she's... Um, she's whiny. I, I like her because of that mouth and stuff like that, but I do understand how it could get annoying. She's, she keeps... She keeps oh, I'm so tired. When they were walking through the corridors, I'm like, really? You, like, run around with the doctor. You shouldn't be tired. Does she have high boots? Or no, she she, no, she was wearing clothes, the yeah. woman's uh, uniform thing, mm -hmm. or jumpsuit thing. And they must have cut that scene. I didn't see that when they changed uniforms. But yeah, so she said, give me your overalls. And she said, give me your overalls. Uh, I know. I'm just I was making a crass joke. And, and Nissa seems very robotic. Yeah. But she doesn't like, have a lot of emotion. No. She, Until Adric died, then she yeah. was sad. But. She's, she's more uh, like, she's intelligent, so they depict intelligent women as being almost robotic sometimes, I think, which is... Does she always wear that top? Because I no. think she was wearing that top in the last time I saw her. Just the first season that she's in, and then she eventually... She gets some new clothes. Oh, yeah. Tegan does, too. Skip your clothes. That's Jonathan Turner. Gotta get ratings going. Please the please dance. Please the boys. Mm. Ugh. Um, the the story also is four parts, but it doesn't feel like a four-parter to me because the first part or two takes place on the planet, and we have all these soldiers, and there's this mystery going on, and then we unfold who are these robotic things, okay, and then there's a bomb, okay, and then there's more of the story develops. Then we go to the freighter, and there's a whole bunch of new characters up there, and unlike Delta, it didn't feel like a lot of characters because half the characters had already <laughs> died so yeah. now we have a new set of characters colorful at times and um more people to die so they had a whole new slew of people to get to get killed there off that many, it didn't feel like as many at least i think because most of them were just background characters they were soldiers they were standing around or they were running or they were shooting and they weren't talking they weren't interacting with mm -hmm. the doctor and the companions and the two three people that were on the bridge. But you did which have... Which they kept calling the brig, which I'm like, that's not a brig. Oh, yeah. It's a totally different thing. Well, you, you did have the, um, like a couple of the female soldiers at the beginning, you would think, oh, maybe they're, they're second or third stars for the for the guest stars, and they get killed off. And then you have that main scientist who was it throughout it, and she's like, okay, she's that person that is sort of second, second get, or guest cast, and she gets killed off, and you're like... At this point, they're just slaughtering everyone. We thought everyone would get killed, but they did, you know, a few of them survived, but... Um, and the captain of the ship was... I liked her. Yeah. She was... You know, they casted someone that was older, but but she played the part really well, and mm -hmm. um, that was a good little... And the, the female... I don't know if she's a scientist. I don't know what her role was on the bridge. Yeah. Berger, Berger, what I don't remember what her name was, but she sort of ran the computers. Yeah, I liked her too. Yeah, there, there's some good characters in this. I think uh, even the sniveling guy who ends up uh, uh, betraying them, I think, was okay. Oh yeah, wasn't part. his name like Wing Ringray or Ringway? Yeah, Ringway. Yeah, you knew there was something up with him. That was telegraphed pretty far in advance. There's a scene on the bridge where they're talking, and you could see the doctor and Adric in the background of the monitor. This is well before they noticed that they were there, but they were just like a regular setting up the set for the freighter, and you could just see the <laughs> yeah, a, a little 
little thing like that, and then later on they're like, hey, what the heck, you know, but they didn't see it at first. We saw it, you know, which was kind of neat how they did There's that. There's also that blooper, oh, the stagehand going through the script that you see in the background as the Cybermen are going up the stairs. Yeah, there's a scene where you can see someone... I, I missed it the first time oh, here. I didn't notice it. Yeah, I think the DVD did try to cover that up a little bit because it was more noticeable on the uh, recording off of TV, if I remember. But yeah, that was there. Um, the other thing that always cracks me up is that people are like hauling around these boxes and bins that are supposed to be heavy mm. and full, and they're just like, you know, yeah. throwing them, and that's not going to keep anybody out of the way. No. At least make an effort, or put something in the box to make it heavier. Yeah, empty boxes in the way. Um, there's a scene that's that's probably the worst line in, in the in the episode where they the two guys are down there, and it's like, geez, there's a, there's a lot of space down here. You could hide an army down here. And it's like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for for telegraphing that. You know. And then them breaking out of the. Uh, the silos was pretty humorous because oh, that was cool. It was so obviously. But they got in trouble for that. Cardboard. The plastic bag over the um, kids were putting the plastic bag and they all think the kids were gonna suffocate oh. because they're copying the Cybermen because they're busting out of the plastic. I oh, know. I was talking about when they were busting out of the cardboard tubes. But that was cool though. The, yeah, that was uh, scales back to um, invasion. Uh, oh, two of the Cybermen. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. They they used to they were frozen and they would break out of the of the, these. Well, it was basically plastic sheeting and stuff, but it was supposed to be like... Um, so that's sort of like the Cybermen. I don't know if the new Cybermen ever have done that. I don't, sort of so. I don't out, think so. I always thought that was cool. They just yeah. kidnap people and make more of them. Yeah. So um, I like the scene where the Doctor and Adric are walking around on the ship, and they're trying to be found, and they're... <laughs> They're not having any good luck. They're like, normally they're they're like trying to sneak around, and not be found, and now they're they want to be found, and they're not. Of course, obviously, when they do get found, they they found it's, like, oh my God, they killed. You know, it's like, yep, yeah, that's typical of them. Um, I thought they how they did the miniatures, with this set the set of the spaceship, and then the real. I thought that matched really well. They did a good job of that. Yeah, they did a pretty good job. I mean, you could tell it was a miniature, but yeah. it was well shot or crafted or whatever they did they do to make it look big um too many companions this is that too many companion syndrome that we've talked about yeah, many times in this last season stick this in the tardis and keep her there yeah they, they ran out of things for her to do tegan's running like walking around trying to i don't know get back to the tardis or whatever and she has to hide from the cybermen so that took a lot of time and obviously adric had more to do in this episode um, yeah, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse to have them all together all the time and, and one person just kind of be stuck in the background or to try to capture three storylines in three separate locations with the companions, you know, mm -hmm. because Nissa didn't have much to do. And then, like, time was... Like, you're wasting a lot of time when when Tegan's off with the with the military guys and the doctor and Adric are up on the bridge and it just and then at some point Adric was left alone on the TARDIS and then he's alone on the freighter and I don't know well I mean I think it's too many companions obviously. it's too many companions but if you follow the different plot lines and this one it's not you know I mentioned it but this is the odd one out but there's episodes that are worse 
where it's just like you have only one that's really important. The rest of them are just running around. And but you, you know, soldiers are on board. So Tegan's sort of that eye for us. She, she's sort of that contact. Otherwise, we we skip. We cut to the soldiers running around, and there's no connection because there's no one. You know, so it's yeah. Sort of way. No, I mean it. It worked better in this one than other yeah. than in other episodes I've seen that have multiple companions. The the first Doctor with the three companions. They would progress the story along because one companion would be with one, you know. They would they would separate it out. It didn't make it go faster by any stretch of imagination, no, it but yeah. it would be, you know. But at least it gave them all something to do and everything. But this sort of um, too many companions. Yeah. Music I thought was fantastic. You mentioned the music, or maybe you did the Simon Matt marching. The music was. Really good. Um, this is the uh, story where they mentioned the mouth on legs. I'm just a mouth on legs, which. Yeah, I didn't understand where that came from. No, just kind of. I mean, it was a funny line, but. So why is. would she say that about herself? Yeah, she, she is. She's she just knows. Big mouth and on legs. <laughs> I have a line here. That I have a thing here that says "move empty box." <laughs> so obviously, we talked about that already. <laughs> um, I thought the action on the bridge where they're trying to break into the bridge, and then they they. The doctor's like really does tension really well, where he's like, you know, he's trying to defuse the bomb. He's like, you know, you know, kind of getting a little, you know, please let me do this, and he's, he's kind of, you know, not overconfident about it. And then when they, you know, this when they break in the bridge, I thought that scene was really good, pretty good. Especially tension. when the sermon gets frozen in, in the door, the yeah. antimatter. Yeah, that was like, what's but the then from Star they Wars? just go ahead and blow the door, the other door yeah. up. I was like, wait a minute, they're spending all this time with the sonic lance or whatever, and then they could have just not even bothered that and just blown the door open and gone right in to begin with. Uh, it's a pretty good banter back and forth between the cyber leader and the doctor about emotion, how it's, you know, is it a weakness or not, and obviously the, the Cybermen have their own way of trying to prove that by threatening Tegan or whatever. These Cybermen talk a lot more than I'm used to. Yeah. Current Cybermen don't talk no. that much. They no, just kill. <laughs> no, they. Yeah, this is Revenge of the Cybermen. They talk quite a bit. The old ones didn't too much. A little bit. Invasion. They didn't talk at all. I don't think. I don't think any. <clears throat> maybe one thing, but. Um. Yeah. So. So I, I the let the record show that I did actually enjoy this episode. Oh, okay. I think that's a first for me <laughs> with old who. I know you were you were I, I got you know you were like oh this episode and I'm like no it's good. I was in such a mood. Yeah. I couldn't deal with anything last night. Um, how the ship travels back in time. Alien technology. Yeah, it, when you have an alien piece of technology stuck to your ship, that's what happens, and it's like, okay. Yeah, but they were also trying to unlock it, and they were messing with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but it was a little on the weak side that that was the case. Um, it doesn't matter. It always happens with Doctor Who, though. Yeah. Well, Even in the new show. Yeah. New Who happens all the time. So I think we mentioned this already. I think we, we maybe we covered it already. Adric sacrificing... Um, you know, that was probably a fairly big shock. If the character was better liked, I think it would have been more of a <laughs> movie. How long was he on? Was he uh, only on one season? Or? No, a season and a half. Yeah, he, was, he came in in the Tom Baker era. The last season of Tom Baker. Halfway well, they all did. Through. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's, he, he had been there the longest. I remember of the him three saying, "This new doctor's regeneration is childish," or something. Yeah. In the first part. So, they, I think his character was probably this is one of his best episodes because he he wasn't. Eh, you know, he was a little more mature and had some good points. They definitely bolstered up his character a little bit right before they killed him off. And it was a sad ending. And it was like, okay, no no start credit music. They just had the... The star. The star, whatever. Um, some I thought that whole ending was pretty tenseful, where they're on the TARDIS and they're, they're, they take the Starman out. And, you know, watching it... I can imagine someone not knowing that that was going to happen. I guess, you know, you're like, of course they're going to save him. You know, this is it's easy to do. And it's like, well, they could go back in time and save him. <laughs> they can't. Why not? Fixed point. point in time. That's just Doctor's excuse saying. I just don't well, imagine. Well, the next episode, he explains why. No. Yeah. No, I, I understand. I'm just joking. It's because they didn't like Adric. That's why. <laughs> not many people got along with him either. Yeah. Oh, was the actor the not liked? Actor, yeah. Oh. Happy Waterhouse. Um, Which was evident when we went to that panel last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matthew Waterhouse. So, quickly, I just want to go over a couple of notes. James Warwick played Scott, um, the soldier. He was in... Babylon 5, he was an alias, he plays the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn in the Star Wars, um, Clone Wars. Does he really? In some of the games, yeah. Huh. I did not know that. I have no idea. He also was, and maybe is still connected to the Chester Theater in Lennox, Mass. Is he really? Yes. Wow. Road trip. But it's weird, because another Doctor Who person was in the Shakespeare thing, the uh, woman from Wayne Lots of Fair. people do Shakespeare and Lennox. Yeah, but she she people. was the president of it for a while. She oh. was the and when Web Affair was found it was we've we've we we tried had, to find her. Yeah, I actually contacted her through email but she didn't want to do it. I mean she was like, Oh great, that's good that they found the episode but I was like, can we come out there and visit with you? And like no. But uh, I, t I was talking to Matt about that and she he knew her name. He knew her from he knew her. From like the Shakespeare stuff. From the Shakespeare stuff. I don't know if he you know, met or anything. He might have. He knew the name. but um, Claire Clifford, who played Kyle. Um, is that the... That must be the scientist was woman. The scientist woman that got killed in the tournament. Yeah, she, she was in an episode of Torchwood. Was she really? Yeah. Huh. I think the, one of the children, the children episodes with the children that are all frozen or whatever. Okay. Uh, Beryl Reed, who played Briggs... Um, Died of uh, this is I know this is a sad story. She died of she had a knee surgery and she died of pneumonia after the surgery. Oh yeah. And um, Berger, she was in Battlefield. Battlefield. Yeah. She was the blind woman. Um. Okay, we already talked about the Cybermen being surprise uh, cyberscope and gun. So Martin Bauer, who was a model maker. Who was actually the first celebrity I ever met? Celebrity I met at a convention, <laughs> my first convention. He 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 designed the gun, which I know a little bit about because I have one of the guns upstairs. And uh, he designed that cyberscope thing. Mm -hmm. And he also did he he stole some of the parts for this from Alien, the movie Alien from the Nostromo, uh, which is kind of neat to know. Um, 
the yeah. only reason why Matthew Waterhouse appeared in the next episode called Time Flight was Spoiler. so that he could have his credits in Radio Times to throw off people that he was going to die. So people looked at Time Flight and saw Matthew Waterhouse. So when they watched Earthstock, they didn't realize he was going to die. So they made he had to appear in it for his credit to be there, and he only appears as a I think it's like a flashback. No. Oh, the. Well, well, people will know, but she does that, so we'll let her... I can remember that. Yeah, I, don't, well, I don't remember it. So I do. But it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just, he, he makes an appearance, but it's like some stupid thing. Um, but that's actually pretty clever to throw people off. Yeah. <coughs> well, I guess Janet probably turned to being paranoid, but I guess it makes sense. In this day and age with spoilers... It would have been all, Edric's going to die. Yeah, but, yeah but everybody would have known. Yeah. So it's good to keep. I like keeping secrets and stuff like that. The whole uh, Clara thing and the uh, was the biggest one. I was like, Jesus, how that? How did they? How did they sneak that one by? Yeah, yeah. that was um, the biggest one of, of our recent. And the android costume be later became the Rastan warrior. So. <laughs> yeah, it did. So, anyways, um, so I like this episode a lot. I think there's been a lot of really good ones from the new series as well, and there's others. But this is sort of that one that I always pick. Because I think it has some pretty good action in it and everything, and you know, apart from the things we mentioned with too many companions and Nissa just basically sitting in the TARDIS going, "We wait, okay, you can wait there." We wait till electromagnetic force is down, <laughs> or the pulse, or whatever. Like, that's a good reason for not going out there. And uh... so, yeah. Anything else about this one? No. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>